Hello, everyone. I'm super excited to have you on the second episode on the Goddess Glow podcast with Ray Grillo. Today, I am going to be extremely vulnerable with you all and share my experience being in a narcissistic relationship um, and uh, with a spouse. However, there is like narcissist, there's other narcissists in your life. I am specifically in this video and podcast. <laughs> if you're on YouTube, it's on YouTube. And if you're on podcast, you're on the podcast. So extremely vulnerable. This is going to be on a relationship and how my experience was with someone with narcissistic personality disorder. And I wanted to let you guys know that I am offering 30 minute free coaching sessions with you. Um, this can be done via Zoom or over the phone. And the link will be in the description. And also, you can find the link on my Instagram, Ray Grillo. And so, getting into the, the content of this, the podcast, um, narcissists, I believe that everyone is has or I should say has narcissistic tendencies. Um, it's human nature. It's something that uh, the, that just happens naturally in people. And there is a line <laughs> uh, where you can have the personality disorder or just have narcissistic tendencies. And again, I truly believe that everyone has narcissistic tendencies. However, I am talking about someone who I was in a relationship with that was actually a narcissist. And so usually narcissists have five out of nine characteristics, and I will share the nine characteristics in a different episode. And um, my experience, and I would feel that many of you may resonate with, is narcissist abuse feels like you're being encaged or it's like you're in a prison and it feels as if you're stuck and lost and you are like going crazy because you're not sure anymore of what reality is or uh, what is actually going on because of the manipulation tactics um, used by narcissists. And so going into the start of my relationship with my husband, my um, now deceased husband, I am a widow. And so learning with, um, I dived a lot more into learning about narcissism prior to his death. However, uh, I learned a lot more afterwards. And so uh, when we met, it felt as if, uh, <laughs> felt as if it was like a match made in heaven. And it is in the sense that I was a wounded empath and I attracted him because that's just what happens. And also um, he was my twin flame, which twin flames awaken, or he, helped awaken my spiritual enlightenment or was the catalyst for my spiritual awakening. And so 
when we met, it was, I remember 2013 and I met him at EDC and he just seemed super familiar in the fact that we actually went to school together um, and had a class together. However, I just didn't remember him and we were in different grades. And I just remember like being into him. And a week later, I ended up being at a party where his roommate's birthday party was. And um, that's how like we reconnected and really started talking to each other more and um, talked all night with each other and like dove in and essentially like I fed his ego I was really into him and in the beginning narcissists are extremely charming and that's how it was for me I just felt like this guy was just like so awesome and we talked about his passion a lot which was music and how he just had all these inspiration and like or aspirations to become a musician or be a musician, like a big musician and be in a band and write music, uh, specifically rock music. And I found that so attractive, like this guy has a dream. And um, also, you know, like my achy breaky heart, <laughs> I uh, fell for this guy um, and I felt like I could help him like, sort of like in that wounded empath stance, I felt like I could be the one who would help him on his life path, on his journey, help him attain goals. And it, it happened really fast. And no one falls faster in love than a narcissist looking for a place to live. And so within a month, he ended up moving in with me. And at the time, I also grew up in a chaotic childhood. I grew up with a narcissistic mother. And with that, that's what I grew up believing what love was. And so it was just natural. I just fed in. I was just like, oh, this is, this is it. Like, this is, um, this is my dude. And this is what love is. This is like true love. And it took a while. Um, I just remember he ended up, he did have a job uh, for like a month when we were together. However, I took care of everything. I took care of the bills. I um, took care of, you know, I had the car. I had the place, like a better place than where he was at with his roommates. Uh, I uh, took care of him, essentially paid for everything. Uh, if we went out, I paid for like the partying stuff because he was really into partying and cigarettes. And <laughs> if you're a cigarette smoker, you'll know how costly that is. <laughs> and um, and I would work my butt off. Like I ended up getting even another job. I ended up working like three jobs uh, just to like sustain us. And we weren't even like together. We never made it like official or we never like had anything. It was never like anything, um, I would say that charming thing and what narcissists do in the beginning is something called love bombing. And so he just loved me up and just like told me what I wanted to be told. And they seem to or narcissists will take on a lot. Well, they, they're good listeners. 
And so they will listen and they will embody what you are hoping for in a partner. They will embody, uh, I would say, the things that you aspire for within a relationship. And that's so that you will be hooked and you would love them and like them and whatever else. And um, and so that's what happened. Like he turned out like he was just a passionate guy about his music. And, you know, I grew up with an artist dad and I always believe like, well, artists, you know, they're, they have a passion, they have work and they have to work for their stuff. And, um, and so I just let him slide by as long as he would do some or make some music. And typically that he would play. However, he never recorded. He, um, if he did record, he never believed in himself enough to like put it anywhere. And it was like his own stuff he would never share other than like with me because I hear it, you know, I live with him or like his, uh, his family. And so a lot of it was just me working. It's like, <laughs> I felt bad for this guy for the longest time. And I ended up just taking everything on so that we could live comfortably or whatever it might be. However, narcissists are created typically from another childhood, like childhood traumas, uh, just like how like wounded empaths are. And uh, the thing is, though, with narcissists is that they take it and they use that um, those tactics in a different way than a wounded empath will. So going into, okay, what was I talking about? Okay, going back <laughs> into uh, the story is narcissists will, or they just, they have childhood trauma where they just don't feel like dealing with the pain or anything or reflecting on what their actions are. And so he never believed in himself to do anything. He never did any like mental work to actually get stuff done. And so I found myself always being like, you're just so good. Like, why don't you just do it? Just, it was always like a, just do it, you know? And I just remember being so frustrated with him because he wrote beautiful music uh, and never did anything with it. And so also with like the working, it wasn't until we moved in with my grandfather who, where my grandma passed away and we ended up moving in with my grandfather at the time so that he wouldn't be lonely. And my grandpa was like, okay, like this dude has to get a job. Like no one, and this is another indication. If none of your friends like who you're dating, um, that's a, none of your friends or family, that's a great indication that this person is probably toxic and not good for you and you just have the rose colored goggles on that inhibit you <laughs> from seeing that this person is toxic and and so no one no one that i knew liked him other than his family uh and other another narcissistic friend that i had like they're on the same vibe you know <laughs> they um they got along. However, later on, that's when uh, they would see that they didn't see eye to eye or anyway, damn, my husband wouldn't. And so after 
sometime like he got a job because narcissists can't look bad <laughs> they're unable to look bad and so when he ended up getting a job like it got a bit better and it seemed like there was cycles and i would notice that he would go through cycles and I, he would be so good and so on it for some time and he then would be off during the summer like when it started getting hot that's when he would start drinking again or going into like little tantrums or acting like a child and not making any sense to me because I literally would feel crazy I remember there being time like every fight that we would have I would literally be like that doesn't make any sense like you said this however now you're saying this and I just don't feel like you're remembering anything and I have a great memory I remember things very well and I'm very intelligent and narcissists see that they they don't go for just anyone and so he would just make me feel like I was crazy and I would literally feel like <laughs> like I literally thought you said this I swear and there would be times where I just wanted to record everything and I would record towards the end of our relationship um I would record some stuff however it didn't it didn't matter by that time and I should have recorded more um and every time I would bring out a camera like he wouldn't want me to share anything with anyone like this stuff is between us and he could never look bad if he ever looked bad he would be angry or get upset or throw a tantrum whatever it may be and turn everything on to me and I just remember like it going down the line we uh I ended up getting pregnant and right before then it was really good, like it was during the winter time, during the cold. And he he was really excited about it. And so and I'm super grateful because I did not want to keep it because we were not stable. And of course, with the money thing. And he was he acted so excited. And so from there, I'm so glad that we had our little lemon bug. And so when we had him uh i still remember like there would still be fights like that it was a cycle it's like a never-ending cycle that would literally drive me crazy and i remember like later on talking to people at my job and i worked in a flower shop at the time where it's like we were away from customers like no one would ever go back there we never really saw customers except for like the manager who would talk about flower sales and stuff so I would talk with my ladies about it and there there would be times where I remember telling them about how he wouldn't do anything for me for my birthday. Like he never did anything or he always made it like a big deal to do stuff on my birthday. And so there was never a time where I had like a special moment for me. It was usually always about him. And like now I realize this now, like, looking back and like, oh, okay. Um, never did any special for me. And I felt, and I was okay with that. And you know, for me, I, like I grew up as a people pleaser. And so, and I grew up in a family where, you know, I was a black sheep or just like the middle child, <laughs> the typical like middle child. And 
I would be like singled out by my mother or whatever. And so I never felt special. I was just like, oh, I don't want this big occasion. I just don't care for it. I don't need it. And that's how I grew up. And that's what happened with Dan. And when my birthday would roll around, I just never got excited. I was just like, whatever, whatever. And then, I mean, of course, like there would be parts of me, like hopeful parts. And I would like expect, you know, a boyfriend or, well, yeah, fiance, well, boyfriend, fiance to husband, like to be excited for me and do stuff for me on my birthday. However, that never really happened. It was always like a big deal or I'm tired or, you know, the excuses, like excuses just came up. And I find that this happens a lot, not just with me, however, with other people, they notice when they're in a relationship with a narcissist that it's always them. And also they have a hard time doing anything for themselves. The person or the victim, I should say, has a problem doing anything for themselves. And um, the victim of the narcissist abuse. I do feel like both people are in the victim mentality when you're in a when you're in a narcissistic relationship, there's no one that's really empowered because the narcissist as well is a victim in their own regard. Um, and everyone has responsibility for their actions. And me, I never took the responsibility of teaching people how to treat me. I was just okay with them stepping all over me and doing whatever they wanted with me. And so that's what he did. And I remember in the flower shop telling them, like, he just ended up getting like really high on the couch with his friends versus like cleaning the house for me when I asked because I was going to have my friend over. And uh, I ended up taking Lennon, my, our, my son or our son, to eat with me when I could have just eaten with my family. And I had my friend come over, like we played. However, it's like I got home and I was the one that had to clean everything. And he was supposed to bake a cake for me. He didn't bake the cake for me. I ended up um, being really lucky. And my friend, Jackie, ended up bringing the cake and giving me a cake for that spent for my day. And I felt pretty good about it. Um, at that point, however, it wasn't, I was grateful for Jackie. However, that's just what narcissists do like did not take the time for me at all got too high did not care um whatever whatever and so that's just like another instance that happened with him and he when there was fights it always seemed like it was always turned onto me and he would never take responsibility for any of his actions and at the end of fights especially if i brought something up he would be the, I would be the one, sorry, to be apologizing to him for the ways of my thinking, for my actions, uh, for not believing in him, or for whatever it might have been that he sort of like got me thinking was right. And I would share this with like the flower shop girls or just share it with people outside of like out of my relationship with Dan and they were like that's a little crazy like that doesn't sound right at all like that's messed up and I was like oh like it, it started clicking like oh something's off like something's not right and I didn't know about narcissists back then I didn't know what narcissistic personality order disorder was um 
I didn't really realize that I was empathic. Uh, I also didn't realize how much of a victim mentality I had. And so, you know, perfect. <laughs> it was the perfect match, seriously, for this, uh, for this catalyst to happen to me. However, um, I learned a lot from it um, based upon like boundaries and, you know, time, as time went on and the marriage went on and we finally ended up getting our own place to ourselves with Lennon, that's when things really went downhill because there was no one else around except for us. And when it was just us, that's when he really showed who he truly was. And so he got back into alcohol and me not being like the strong person um, that I am now, or I did not embody that strong woman that I am now. Um, he would push me around. He would tell me that I'm crazy. I would literally see like, I want to say like six or seven empty beer bottles on the counter. And he was like, what are you talking about? I only drink two and I'm not drunk. And he would convince me that, well, I would just be like, instead of like going for conflict, I would just be like, okay, whatever. Like, okay, you drank two, whatever. Like you left those when, like, when did you leave those? I was like, okay, I guess you could have left them at night. You could have drank some at night and then came in the morning and drank some. However, there was like, I knew in my heart that there was seven <laughs> beer bottles on that freaking counter. Um, and usually too, when we get into fights, it's like he would throw a tantrum, like a child. It's literally like a child. And he would throw these tantrums and start uh, breaking all of my things. If there was anything of his, forget about it. If it was my stuff, he would break it. Anything that meant anything to me, he would break. He ripped up pictures of my grandmother and me. Um, he like broke like this Buddha statue that I had that meant a lot to me, like my spirituality meant a lot to me. Um, so just like things that were of value to me that he would go for just, and like, uh, remember he punched through one of my paintings. And so it was always my stuff when he would get mad. And a lot too, like he would make me feel crazy for it. And then when I would lash out, that's when, and he would get a reaction out of me. That's when he would turn it around and point the blame to me and tell me I'm the one that's being crazy. Like, look at who's yelling. And as time goes on, like you really do start to feel crazy, or at least I really freaking started to feel crazy. And I just didn't know what was right or wrong, or I gained a ton of weight. And as an empath too, like you, if there's like toxic blows that are coming your way or anything that is not good for you. Uh, it's like that energy is like a cushion or the fat is like a cushion for your organs or for your heart. And so I gained a ton of weight. And also this is after I was pregnant, I never had any of the energy to work out and we were in such financial strain uh, and he, you know, would keep us there because that's what he believed he deserved. And that's what I believed I deserved too. I mean, that's obviously why we were in that spot. However, the finances, like I just remember always like asking my mom for help or 
we would eat like top ramen and like bad foods. And he never wanted to get healthy stuff. Like he would tell me that I needed to lose weight and call me names, a lot of mean names. And like, that I remember there was even a time where he was like, well, he never even got me like a real engagement ring. And so he's like, I, I, you don't even deserve an engagement ring because you're just so big. Like, why don't you lose some weight? And then there'll be an engagement ring that can fit your, your fingers. And I remember him saying that and like later on just being so angry <laughs> and uh, using that to, you know, help me lose my weight that I lost. However, um, it's like stuff like that. Like he, would always demoralize me or like demean me. However, if I were to do anything to him, it was like the end of the world. Um, if I were to call him a name and he called me names all the time, whenever we fought and I was pretty good about it because I hated it and I would ask him not to do it. However, he still did it. And that's like another trait. Like he just did not care about my feelings at all. And so if you're finding that you're with someone who does not care about your feelings, then that's another indication that you're not in a great relationship. Um, and also just being able to talk things through, like I was not able to communicate and it was always me working at making everything better. And so the more he got into alcohol and everything, I really just had to think about my son and I ended up leaving him. Oh, that was another thing is, all of the women, it's like people are finding like when they're narcissistic partners that they have other lives outside of their home, like, and they're telling all these different people, different stories about different things. And so he would be at work. He wouldn't, he lost his wedding ring, apparently. And uh, he would never wear his wedding ring to work because he was hitting on girls at work. And he would use his P2O hours to get off early with these girls and go to the bar with them and make out with them or whatever. Who, who freaking knows what he would do. However, I found out through his phone. Um, and so it's like, and then he was telling all these women different things. Like he was saying, uh, I lived with my mother and I had a boyfriend with his and like his boyfriend, or I wouldn't let him see his son. Um, he was like telling women this stuff. And I was like, I literally, like I lived with him and I did not do anything with anyone else because I hated myself and I did not feel beautiful, did not feel pretty. Um, I was 242 pounds. I did not have any confidence whatsoever to do any of that stuff. Um, and I just remember him being drunk too. And like saying all the stuff that he would say to these women and, like he would be like, I haven't seen my son in two weeks. However, he just got done watching our son <laughs> for the day. Oh, it was so crazy. So I had to find that out on his phone. And like, he was like living like a different life with different women and being charming. And I mean, I could see like he's handsome. Like he was handsome. Um, again, like narcissists are charming. However, when I ended up leaving him, um, I was like, I just have to get out. Like I literally felt trapped. And I remember reaching out to, I went, I looked online like about abuse and mental abuse. And 
uh, the like this throwing of things. And there was a time where I remember I was just like so upset and I was being petty because he was drinking again um, at like my mother's house at the time. And he and I was pregnant and I was in the shower or getting in the shower and he was on the phone with his dad. And I was like yelling some stuff about him. Like, why did you tell your dad that you were drinking? Like yelling it so that his dad could hear. And so again, can't look bad. He ended up grabbing my neck or pushing me up against the wall and like grabbing my neck and being like, being like, shut up. Like, (laughs) oh oh my gosh. Now like looking back at it, it was like pretty scary at the time. Well, I mean, I was scared. However, I haven't really talked about uh, this much with a lot of people. However, it does happen. And I remember that's the only time he got really, like he put his hands on me. Uh, however, the other physicalness was breaking all of my stuff. And so um, mental abuse, emotional abuse, invalidating my feelings. And I just felt trapped and like the financial burden And I really just did not want to live with my mother again. And of course we were married and it was like all of this stuff just felt really engaged, closed in, uh, couldn't go anywhere. I didn't feel strong enough to go anywhere. I literally like was in anxiety written all day, every day. And I was afraid to be at home. And if I did, like I would go in and like hide with my son in his room. I ended up moving to my son's room. And so like from there, I ended up leaving him and uh, like I ran away, (laughs) like he got drunker one day and I saw all of the stuff about like on his phone. Like, I was like, why am I even fighting for anymore? Why, if he's with all these other women, like, why am I even here if he's not going to try? And, and so I just left. I grabbed, and I had moved stuff over to my mom's house. I had been planning for it. I was slowly moving stuff and I ended up we ended up lo- losing the apartment and um, he didn't pay the bills for it. And I remember just after two, like there's like things like he would play like the victim card and like, you know, the woe was me and I would fall for it until it's just, I realized and I would keep going back to him. Like I wouldn't be to like, we wouldn't be together. However, I just kept going back because I just loved him so much. And it was just normal for me to like want to beg for that love. However, every time I saw him, he was drunk. Every time we got together, he was drunk. And there just was a time where I was like fed up with it. I was just done. And I was like working on myself too. I ended up doing some mindset courses. I, uh, that really saved and transformed my life. I, um, ended up losing some weight and I started wearing makeup again and looking all this. And he saw that and was like, Oh, she's looking good again. I can drain her energy. She's attractive to me again. I know I could probably get her. And so that would happen. And it just wasn't until I was like fed up. Cause I just felt like he was using me as like a masturbation tool. And so that's like, I, he wasn't even connecting with me. It wasn't that connection. It was like, he was using my body to masturbate with. And then once he was done, he was done, which was really shitty. <laughs> it was really shitty for me. Uh, really did a damper too on my mental health and a lot of like, um, I worked through a lot of sexual healing with it. And uh, 
So yeah, and it wasn't until 2019 when he ended up getting killed by someone else. And so that was that. And I co-parented with him. However, I never allowed Lennon to be with him alone. Uh, I never had Lennon at his place. And it would always have to be at his grandparents' place or Lennon's grandparents' place or Dan's parents' place because I was always afraid of what Dan would do or he was always drunk. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, essentially my story with Dan. I, there's, I mean, I'm pretty sure there's more instances that I can share. And However, and it did feel like love. It did feel like love. However, it wasn't the love that I deserve. And I'm sure if you're out there, it's not the love that you deserve. Uh, and so it's not easy. It's not easy coming to terms that this person that you're planning your whole life with or that you planned your whole life with is treating you shitty. You know, it's not fair for you. Uh, and so I really encourage you, everyone's circumstances are different. I had to be very witty in order to leave. I had to be very smart. And it's, there is help out there. Um, I mean, the hot or I texted, uh, I had to figure out what website it was. And once I figure out what website it is, then I'll share that on a different episode. Um, however, there are resources and just be safe and don't make rash decisions. <laughs> don't allow your emotions to get the best of you. Uh, keep control of your emotions. Of course, feel your emotions. However, around a narcissist, just control your emotions. And if you do not have children with a narcissist, then the no contact method is the best method. Do not get sucked back in to going back to a narcissist. And if my story felt or resonated with you and you are just like, wow, <laughs> like, this shit's happening, you know, to me, then it's probably a good indication that you're with a narcissist and it's time to let the fantasies go, whatever fantasies that you're holding within your head go, because it's time to look at how reality actually is. And the reality is, is that you are with someone who will never change. You cannot change anyone. They have to want to change. They do not want to change. They do not want to look at themselves. They do not want to reflect on their own beingness. And it's important for you to gauge that and to let it go. And this is how it is. And now I'm able to take action. If you are married to a narcissist, it's going to be hard to, to, to go. They're going to make divorce hell. I would just say that right now. And if you have children with a narcissist, it's just better to never show emotions and to be there for your children. Uh, if you're able to get custody, get custody. Again, it's going to be hell. <laughs> they do not like to look bad. So, and also courts like don't, it, it depends per person. Courts also don't like to see uh, parents not see their children. Usually it's typically they want them to. So it's extremely important. And yeah, reach out. Uh, when I reached out to the website that I did with the uh, domestic abuse, it was all through text and it wasn't on the phone because um, I didn't feel safe calling or talking to people on the phone. It was all through text and they did help 
guided me through it. And they also told me I was not crazy. <laughs> I'm here to tell you you're not crazy. So I'm going to end this podcast here and uh, make sure you check out my Instagram page for more. And you can see where I am at now. I am now thriving. Uh, no longer in that victim, you know, from time to time it happens, the mindset. However, no longer in that victim mindset. And there is hope. So I am going to end the podcast here. And I hope you guys have a wonderful day. All right. See you soon.